Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. God's will for you is to live the blessed life. John 10, 10. The thief comes but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the thief does. Remember Jesus gave the parable where the man was sowing seed and the bird would come and steal the seed so it wouldn't bring forth life? That's the enemy. The enemy wants to steal that blessing. The enemy wants to try and hinder that blessing from really flowing. That's the enemy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life. Listen, I'm glad he didn't stop there. And that you might have it more abundantly. However good life is for you right now, there's more. Kind of like the infomercial. But wait, there's more. They're just trying to get your money. But Jesus wants you to have the more of God. Amen? Amen. That's, his, that's his promise to you. That's why he said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with a little bit of blessing. No, that's not what it says. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So I got a question for you. How big is heaven? How great is our God? How big is God's storehouse? How much does God have? Beyond anything we can imagine or think, right? That's why he says later in chapter 3, verse 21, he said that God is able to do abundantly above all that we can ask or think. God has blessings waiting for you. You haven't even thought of them yet. That's the life he wants you to live. (laughs) Galatians chapter 3. 14 and 15. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Listen, that the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles in Christ and that you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. God wants you to live the blessed life. That's his promise to you. He wants it blessed and overflowing. Now, let me share with you, living the blessed life doesn't mean it's going to be a life carefree. Living the blessed life doesn't mean it always has to be a perfect environment for the blessings of God to flow. Look at the apostles and the persecution they suffered. And yet when you read their writings, they were living the blessed life. Corey Tenboom, her and her sister were able to find the blessed life 
even in Ravensbrück, the Nazi work camp. Have you read The Heavenly Man? The amazing blessing he lived in his life inside communist China, even though they had to worship underground, even though he was arrested and imprisoned multiple times, and yet he lived a blessed life. I'll never forget a pastor from our movement in China. He was arrested because he kept preaching the gospel, and he wouldn't stop. And so finally what they did, they sentenced him to I forget how many years, and his sentence was, he every day had to go out and be strapped onto a turnstill like as if he was an ox and he had to turn that turnstill. What he was stirring was sewage. And so every day walking in sewage up to his waist, turning that turnstill. But you know what he did? Saw a video of it. He's walking, he's turning that and he said, it's a blessing because I can sing hymns to the top of my voice because none of the communist authorities want to come near this. And so he would sing to the top of his voice. I come to the garden alone where the dew is still on the... How can you sing about a garden in roses when you're stirring a sewage Oh, but see, he was living the blessed life because he had discovered something. God doesn't make zeros. God doesn't create failures. Oh, maybe, maybe you felt that way, but listen, you need to remember, failure is an experience, not an identity. Oh, we all, in some measure, in some way, experience failures. Of course we do. But that doesn't determine our identity. That doesn't determine our worth. We're created in the image of God to reflect his image to the world, to be Jesus personified on planet Earth, whether we're going through good times or whether we're going through tough times. We are to live the blessed life in everything we are doing. Amen? And in all the experiences that we have in our life. Do we go through adversity? Yep, that's why Jesus said, in this life you will experience adversity. Thank you for the promise, Jesus. But he didn't say that in any way affected living the blessed life. What happens is when in that, we begin thinking that's our identity. And you maybe have been like others that have heard all your life, you'll never amount to anything. You're so stupid. Can't you do anything right? The answer is yes. Yes, why? Because Jesus gives you a whole new identity. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Your identity is wrapped up in who you are in Jesus, not the experiences of your life.
You may be a victim. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe you were molested. Maybe you were raped. And you can let that experience identify you and you live out of your victimization or you can let who you are in Jesus Christ and the new creation you are in Jesus Christ be your identity and live out of him in you. In Christ, in Christ, all things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You can live out of those old labels that have been put on you. One of the things I really dislike about this generation is we label our kids almost from birth. They're ADHD, they're this, they're that. And they grow up hearing that and they begin accepting that's their identity and that's the best they can ever be. No, that's not the best they can ever be. Not in Jesus Christ. Not in Jesus Christ. Take off the labels that the world's giving them and give them the label Jesus gives them. You are a new creation. You are raised up and you sit with Jesus in heavenly places. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. You are always victorious. You're above only and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. You're blessed when you go in. You're blessed when you come out. You're blessed when you wake up. You're blessed when you lie down. You're blessed in your work. You're blessed in your recreation. You're blessed. You are blessed. Live the blessed life. That's who you are. I get excited about this. Don't let the world label you. Amen? But see, here's the problem. The problem lies in our thinking, our reasoning, our ideology, our philosophy, our worldview, our self-talk, our tongue. Some of you, you need to write on a piece of paper Murphy's Law. Burn it and wash it down the drain and say, I will never again live by Murphy's Law. Now that's for the old folks. For the young people, there are some things you need to write on a piece of paper and burn and wash down the drain. Some of the stuff you've been listening to in your rap, in your hip-hop. Some of the stuff that you've been hearing at school. It's just, see, our, our thinking, our self-talk, our, our talk that comes out of our mouth, we absolutely. See, that's why, that's why the Scripture says, put away cursing. Put away cursing. Do you really want God to damn that right now? Really? Probably not. And if you think he already is, the enemy has lied to you because God doesn't want you to live a life under the curse. Jesus redeemed you from the curse. Amen. He redeemed you from the curse so you can live the blessed life. Amen? But it's our thinking, see? That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Listen, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, or the, uh, one of the New English translations says, that you may show forth the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, we gotta, we got to get our mind lined up right. That's what Isaiah was talking about in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, when he said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, we, we come into the world and we're, we're literally floating the boat upside down. And we wonder why our ship sinks. Well, it's because it's been floating upside down. You've been going by your thoughts and your ways, the world's thoughts, the world. You've been trying to do it the world's way. When are you going to realize insanity is when you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result? Maybe we ought to send that message to Washington, D.C. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's, you know, we got we to get it right side up. We got to get, get our thinking and our ways correct with God's thinking and God's ways. Amen? Amen? Why? Because Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your self-talk and your thinking that you allow to run through your brain all day long more than likely is killing you. It's keeping you down. And when you get the blessing of Almighty God and you walk in the joy of that for a few hours or for a couple of days, pretty soon the enemy fires those missiles in there and you start thinking, well, who do I think I was? I know this can't last. I know I'm so stupid. I, I know God. I know. And, and you start thinking negative, and your negative thinking starts affecting your negative emotions, and your negative emotions starts closing the gate to God's blessing. And Almighty God says, No, 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 I want you to, I want you to change that because I want your thinking to begin matching. That's why, that's why he said. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and he said that you, you put off concerning your conduct the old man that is growing corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may, what? Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. See, the, if you want to call it the trick, the key, the nugget, that which enables you and I to consistently and faithfully walk victorious in the blessings God wants us to walk in 
is the renewing of our mind. That's what it's about. We've been talking all year about living the blessed life. And our goal this year as a church family was to grow personally in our walk with the Lord and become strong disciples in Jesus Christ. And one of the key components to that is we've got to have a renewed mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word transformed in the Greek is the Greek word metamorpho. We get the English word metamorphosis from it. Metamorphosis is a transliteration of metamorpho in the Greek. Metamorphosis is that amazing thing that changes the polywog into a bullfrog. That changes a woolly worm into a monarch. I won't ask how many guys were like I was as a kid. I'd find a woolly worm and I'd get it in my hand and I'd run to my sister and I'd go, here, here, here. And they'd run away, you know. They didn't want that thing touching them. It was so fun. But it wouldn't be too long before the woolly worm would disappear and we would find a cocoon in my grandma's flowers it wouldn't be too long before that cocoon would start moving and shaking and then it would crack open and then pretty soon out of that cocoon would come a monarch and my same sisters that would run away from the woolly worm ran toward the monarch. And Almighty God says, I want you to experience that transformation where your life at one time was offensive and, and, and maybe people looked at you negatively and they said all those negative things about you and they said you would never mount anything. They said you could never do anything right. Can't you ever do anything good? And I say to you that I made him who knew no sin to be sin for you that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so that boy that couldn't do anything right now, he can walk in the righteousness of Almighty God. See, Almighty God wants to transform our life. But that transformation has to happen in the in the brain also. And when he talks about mind there, he's talking about both the conscious and the subconscious. In the conscious mind, it's our reasoning. It's our ideology. It's our philosophy. It's our worldview. It's our thought patterns. It's our value system. And Almighty God wants to change that from being like the world, not conformed to the world, but being conformed to the word of Almighty God. But he wants to take it deeper than that. He wants to take it where no psychologist, no psychiatrist, no medicine can get to. They've tried through shock therapy, they've tried through other therapies, and they can't get there. But Almighty God says, my 
Renewing of the mind can go there. I want to go to the subconscious so that that which damages the subconscious and causes PTSD and causes you to live as a victim the rest of your life and causes you to live in fear, causes you to live in depression. I want to go clear to the subconscious and I want to renew the subconscious so that instead of living out of that, you're now living out of the victory that I have given to you in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The renewing of the mind that goes so deep it reaches clear to the subconscious. And when he talks about renewed, the word renewed there is the word we would, we would use the term renovation. Have you ever renovated a house? Or renovated a camper? <laughs> you got to take all the wall covering off. You may even have to take the outside sheeting off. Got to get down and look at the framework. Is the framing still good? Got to look at the foundation. Is the foundation okay? Is there dry rot anywhere? If there is, you got you to you redo the framing. Got to lift up the framework. Make sure the foundation's solid. Set it back down. Then you start putting the coverings back on. Floor coverings, wall coverings, outside sheeting. Then you start painting. Then you start decorating. Almighty God says, here's what I want to do. I want to go in to your mind and I want to get all of the dry rot and all of the old stuff out and I want to rebuild your framework of your thinking, your reasoning, your ideology. I want, I want to make it so that it's established on the precepts and principles of who you are in Jesus Christ and my principles and my word. But I want to go deeper than that. I want to go clear into the foundation. I want to go clear into the subconscious. And I want to get to the foundation. And I want to get the, the rot and the damage that has been done to the very foundation of your life out. And I want to redo the foundation of your life so that it is built upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ and your identity in Jesus Christ. Because then you will build your house on a solid rock and the rain will come and the winds will blow and the storms will come and the adversities will crash against it. But it will not be moved because your life is built on the solid rock, Jesus Christ. How do you do that? I'm just going to give you a nugget. You have to give God building material. The building material you give him is his word. It's his word. That which conforms us to Jesus Christ is his word. His word teaches us who he is. His word teaches us who we are in him. His word teaches us his principles, his precepts, the way he reasons, how he views life. And so we got to get that knowledge into our brain, the word of God into our brain. 
But it has to move from just being knowledge into understanding. Understanding is where we begin learning the ways of God. So we take the principles and precepts of his word and we learn his ways. We read his testimonies. We read how he worked in the life of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, the apostles, how he worked in their life. And, and as we watch how God worked, we're learning God's ways and we see how to apply the principles and the precepts. We study Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs, one for every day of the month. A proverb a day keeps the devil away. Better than apples. Apples aren't bad, but let's get the better. And the amazing thing about reading Proverbs, you can read one every day, and you can do that every month for a year, and still when you go back and you read the chapter for that day, you go, I don't remember seeing that. Because it's so powerful and it's so life-changing. Because it teaches us the ways of God. We're not just learning the facts, we're learning the ways of God. And to that we add wisdom, and wisdom is the ability to view life from God's perspective. Okay, you're going through that adversity. Instead of going, God, why are you doing this to me? God, why is this happening? Wrong question. Ask the right question. God, what are you doing in this situation? And what do you want me to be doing? See, viewing it from God's perspective. View that knothead at work from God's perspective. See, you got to stop and you got to go, man, oh, that guy drives me crazy. Okay, but stop a second. Does God love him? Does God love her? What are God's thoughts about him and her? So what does God want you doing? But they just, it's like they push my buttons all the time. Maybe God's wanting you to unplug those buttons. That might be a good idea. Are you tracking with me? See, viewing life from God's perspective is wisdom. Knowing what to do in it is understanding God's ways. That's understanding. Knowing the precepts, the principles, the details is gaining the knowledge. That's the renewing of the mind. And Almighty God wants to teach you how to do that. But you got to give him building materials. And how you do that? Well, James chapter 1, that's just all dealing with temptation. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man. But every man's tempted when he's drawn away with his own lust and enticed. That whole James chapter 1 is all about temptation. Read it. Read it. How about... How about uh, growing and being a, living a victorious Christian life. Romans 6, 8, and 7. It's all about walking victorious in Christ. How about developing a Christian worldview? The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. How about down a little bit? You've heard it been said, thou shalt not kill. But I say unto you, 
whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause. Oh, stop. <laughs> See, worldview. And what you do, you take, you, want, you need more faith. You go, my, my, my faith, a feather can knock my faith over. Well, you got to build your faith. That's Hebrews chapter 11. See, God gave us his word, and what you do is you read it over and over and over and over until it starts sticking. It starts sticking. It starts sticking. But you don't stop there. Once you start getting the word to stick, then you start meditating, chewing the cud. Kind of like that white face out there in the field, chewing the cud. And what you do, at night you turn out the light, you put your head on the pillow, you start just rehearsing that which you're remembering from Hebrews 11. And you just review it in your mind. You don't memorize it at night because you'll get your wake center open and then you'll be mad at me for weeks. But you just review what you've already got in there and you put yourself to sleep reviewing on it and what happens is in your sleep, the spirit takes that into your subconscious and it starts washing your subconscious. You may have a few nights where you have some pretty bizarre dreams, but I'm telling you, it's going into your subconscious and in your subconscious, as the subconscious is washed, it frees you from all of that gunk down there and all of that stuff. I've watched serious PTSD victims gain total victory by the renewing of the mind and through meditation, Christian meditation. Christian meditation is the exact opposite of transcendental meditation. They are polarized. Transcendental meditation says you empty your mind and you empty yourself so a spirit guide can come in. Can you say with me, demon? Amen. So a spirit guide can come in. Okay? No, no, no. Christian meditation doesn't say empty yourself. It says fill yourself with the word of Almighty God because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So you fill yourself with the word of God. And through that, through that, the renewing of the mind, conscious and subconscious, you begin walking in a liberty that you never dreamed you could walk in. Wanda and I did abuse counseling for the better part of 30 years. I spoke at a lot of women's conferences about getting free from abuse uh, through abuse counseling. Ministered to literally hundreds and thousands of abuse victims. Every one of those women that began to consistently, faithfully, actively apply the principles of the renewing of the mind, walked victorious and never went back into victimization and stepped into a victory they never knew they could have. And they learned how to love all over again because they were afraid to love. Remember one time, I got invited to speak at a, at a, uh, to a dental class. 
And I thought, that's an unusual invitation. I'd, I'd been invited to speak at college classes before, but usually it was philosophy classes that I was asked to speak at this dental class. And I, I met with the instructor and said, so exactly what do you want to me?" He said, well, I understand you can help, he, he said, uh, abuse victims, because he said, when an abuse, abuse victim gets in the dental chair and we lay them back and we get down into their, into their private space, they go ballistic. They don't know what to do. Come teach us how to do this. What can we do to help them? I thought that was so awesome that I got to speak to a class entirely of unbelievers about how to renew the mind. The principle. God wants you to walk blessed and victorious. And the blessings he brings into your life, he doesn't want them to begin dissipating. He wants them to enlarge. God means for the blessings he brings into your life to enlarge, to grow. And the way you do that is by the renewing of the mind. Would you stand with me, please? Sir, you are not a dummy. You are not a dummy. But that thought that you're a dummy and that you can't do anything right has kept you polarized in your spiritual growth. Because you do not see yourself equal with your fellow brothers in Christ. Well, they're so blessed because they're good, but God, God can't bless me that way. He not only can, he does. And you just need to get your thinking and your self-talk aligned with what the Holy Scripture says about who you are and your true identity. That's right. Get them to say Sis, pretty has nothing to do with what you see in a mirror. Pretty has everything to do with what's in your heart. The problem that you have is your thinking is not pretty. You don't know who you are in Jesus. You don't see that you are filled with love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and self-control. You don't see that you're filled with the righteousness of Jesus. You don't see that you're seated with him in heavenly places. You don't see yourself that way. Because you don't see yourself the way God sees you, you're not aligned with God, and so you're constantly approaching life from the less and not from the blessed life. And you see yourself as always being less, not the blessed one. 
And Almighty God wants to change that for you, dear. Almighty God says to you, I have made you in Christ Jesus a queen, a beautiful princess. You are royalty. You are an heir and a joint heir with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are royalty and I want you to see the beauty of who you are because you are in my son and he is in you. Come on, daughter of God. Come on. Come on, step out of that measure of defeat and step into the victory in who you are in Jesus. Sir, I understand you failed. But how long ago was that failure? You made a mistake, you got fired, you've been living in that failure all this time. And Almighty God says to you, that was an event long ago, but you've let the enemy make it your identity. And Jesus Christ is asking you right now, this morning, right where you're standing, to renounce that identity and to repent that you've lived these years in the enemy's lie and say, I renounce that lie. I refuse to accept it one more day. I'm going to accept who I am in Jesus Christ, and I am not a failure. I am not defeated. I am an overcomer in Jesus Christ. I am raised up with Jesus Christ, and that is who I am in Jesus. Come on, sir. Come on. Come on. In Jesus. In Jesus. I'm telling you, in this room, God's giving me words of knowledge about people, and God's wanting you to acknowledge it. In your heart, God's wanting you to acknowledge it. Come on. Embrace it. Embrace it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church family, would you lift your hands with me? And would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the risen Lord. You died on the cross. You took my life of sin and my old identity and you nailed it to the cross. You nailed the curse of that identity to the cross. When you were buried in the grave, that old life and that curse was buried with you. When you walked out of the grave, you walked out in newness of life. And I walked out with you in a new life, in a new identity, free from the curse to live the blessed life. I choose now to live in the blessed life, to walk every day in the blessed life. That is who I am. I proclaim it. That is who I am. Now, come on, give him praise. Hallelujah.
We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com. 